Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Oh, Shane, welcome back. It's good to be with you, Father Travis. Everybody, welcome to Outcast Catholic. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. Uh, having a great day. Beautiful sunny day out today. How how you been doing, Father? Excellent. It's exciting. We're we're now in episode two of this. We made it. Huge podcast. If you follow, <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to episode two, that means you might have listened to episode one, which means there's maybe a little success. God bless you. There yeah. is hope. Hopefully, we're having more <laughs> listens than. <laughs> During the pandemic, we had daily mass views when I was helping at the cathedral. We got to a point of about five people. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, so hopefully <laughs> at least five people have listened to episode one. Welcome back, those five. Welcome Congratulations. Back. Episode two. It's a new horizon That's here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's a new horizon. So what's been new with you? Listen, this is great. I Everybody who knows me uh, knows I love making connections with people all the time. You are a talker. <laughs> That's why you asked me to help with the podcast. Um, I lo- so I love. I think I said this in the last episode. I love going to coffee shops. Um, if you meet me, ask me about coffee sometime. I'll talk your ear off. Uh, I love microbreweries and kind of craft things like that as well. Um, we have in Sioux City, Iowa. If you've never been, uh, a pretty hipster, awesome coffee shop named Hardline, right next to one door away from uh, a microbrewery. There used to be a Catholic goods store in between. That's gone now, so they're probably going to take over the. <laughs> yeah, um, so I was so I walked in this microbrewery because I uh, I bought a couple of their their beers for uh, some friends the other day, and one of them was totally flat when I brought it home. Ooh. These aren't cheap; these aren't <laughs> these are like Miller Lights or whatever. Um, so I brought it home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very gross. Um, so uh, I called them up, and they said we give you a, a credit, whatever. So I go in uh, to cash in my $10 credit at this microbrewery and the the girl behind the counter is wearing a Carroll College sweatshirt okay pretty general name but there's a Carroll College in Helena Montana right one of my good friends who's famous (laughs) famous it is Father Mark Letterman's doing great work there. that's right no it's great beautiful beautiful city Helena's awesome uh but my friend Matt Christians who's a seminarian for Helena he went there and I've heard some stories I visited the campus when we were there a few years back so I asked her is it Montana yes um Okay, you wouldn't by chance know my friend, Matt Christians. And lo and behold, in Sioux City, Iowa, she knew my friend from Valier, Montana. Um, so just a wonderful connection. And I'm just shocked uh, how small the the Catholic world, but how small the world can be. It, yeah, it's just crazy. Oh, yeah, the world is a small place, but especially within the church. You know, yeah. it doesn't take long, you know, kind of the classic six degrees of separation, right? It only takes long to figure out about two connections to link you to most, you know, practicing Yeah, Catholics if you went to Benedictine College, Franciscan, are a focused missionary, a former focused missionary, or spent any time in seminary, you probably know every Catholic there is to know. <laughs> <laughs> or are connected to the Pope Through about somehow. three, yeah, exactly. If you're a focused missionary, went to Benedictine, Steubenville, you're about three degrees away we from the Pope. We need to make, have you ever, have you ever heard of the... Uh, the Degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. You can play on Google. Oh, I don't think you heard I of this. Have, no. You type in. I forget the the exact way you type it in. You type in a celebrity's name, uh, an actor or an actress, uh, something like a colon or something, and then Kevin Bacon. Every actor is connected with Kevin Bacon. 
just he, through like referrals or something? No, or for, have so you like, starred with them? Yeah, so if like if you know this person acted uh, with this person who acted with Kevin Bacon. Okay. Most actors are only like six degrees away from Kevin Bacon. It's crazy. Interesting. But I feel like we should make a Catholic game, kind of like the Catholic card game of like degrees of separation like that, because I feel like everybody. That's a future episode close. right here. Yeah, we'll make the game. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. That's wonderful. It is a very small world, and uh, it links us to uh, a broader world always, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's such that our, our local experience of the community, our local experience of the church, is always uh, an expression of the much larger church that we're all a part of and, and called to be uh, always increasing and, and thriving right. in, right? Yeah. Well, it's just funny today when everybody's on TikTok and uh, Snapchat and Instagram, and if there's a new social media outlet that just came up that I don't know about, somebody let me know. Um, Every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's a new one. Um, TikTok's probably old news by now. But it's past that. <laughs> you're, you're watching stuff from across the world. Um, and, yeah, it just connects everybody instantly across mm-hmm. the entire world. Um, but what's so funny with that is everybody still is never satisfied with where they're from or where they live, even though they can be connected so quickly. Oh, definitely. We hear yeah. this all the time, don't we? Yeah, yeah. That, I was telling you the story before, but um, I was helping out with a group going to the March for Life a couple years ago. And <laughs> these high school girls were from – Small town, Illinois, Vandalia, Illinois. I think it was what it was. To me, Vandalia is like a big town because I asked them how big it was, like seven thousand people. I'm like, dang, that's pretty big for rural Iowa. But um, and they were just complaining about how much they hated their small town. Our town sucks. There's nothing to do. Blah 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 blah. And my friend who's with me, uh, who's priest uh, in Springfield Diocese, he's like, "What? Where would you move? Where would you go? Oh, anywhere but here." St. Louis, you want to go to St. Louis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we want to move to St. Louis. He goes, What'd you, what are you going to do in St. Louis that you can't do in Vandalia, Illinois? And they're like, everything. It, Vandalia sucks. There's nothing to do. He goes, no, you'd probably just watch Netflix and sit on your couch like everybody in St. Louis. <laughs> um, so, yeah, people are just so, uh, you know, restless sometimes when they can have the world at the uh, tip of their fingers um, with every social media outlet possible. Um, they, just, they, they never want to uh, kind of rest where they're at or just stay put. Restless is such a good word because mm-hmm. um, it speaks to that almost that internal anxiety that so many feel. I've you know I've lived in the Twin Cities. I've lived in Rome. I spent a summer working with missionaries out of Hong Kong, China. Mm-hmm. You can be in these huge cities with millions of people, and the restlessness is still the same. You know we've got to go somewhere. We got to go. You know be somewhere better. Uh, there's there's something more exciting happening elsewhere. Right. right? It's funny. I think back to when I was growing up and everybody wanted to get out of small town, Iowa. But then when I lived in cities in St. Louis or in Denver, people who've lived in cities their whole life think rural farm life sounds like the most idealistic sure. way to relax. Sure. Like, That's pretty dang boring. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everybody's looking for something else right. um, outside of their own experience. Right. Yeah. And recognizing that restlessness um, – it's only enhanced today by the technology that connects us all, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's a there can be a glo- global tragedy, breaking news. It immediately comes across through social media feeds or even emergency text messages on everyone's phone. Right. Um, in which, when you're in a small community, particularly here in the Midwest, you are now suddenly connected electronically to all these breaking news events, these global realities that... Um, can link us in very helpful ways, can be very informative, uh, especially for the mission of evangelization as we're doing even right. through this podcast, right. to reach out to so many people who we don't have daily contact with. 
Uh, and yet it can create kind of this, this pressure or even this anxiety to wonder how do I really relate to the, to the global society that I'm connected to electronically, right. but yet I maybe don't feel that connection emotionally or spiritually or intellectually. Um, and does that, does that almost create an unfair pressure mm-hmm. uh, to say, uh, I live in a, my very uh, provincial daily life. I have my friends, my employment, my family, my social groups, you know, my rhythm of, of sacramental life and, mm-hmm. and prayer life and everything. And yet there is this, this global reality that is always, uh, on one level, uh, linking me, but perhaps also putting pressure on me too. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it, it can feel like when you can have the world and be connected with anybody and everybody at the tip of your fingers, at the touch of a button, at whatever, um, it seems like there's not a lot of benefit for that provincial life. So I was just thinking about kind of walking through what are some the pros and cons? Because we live in small rural area of Iowa. We have a few cities, but pretty, pretty small. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of suburban lifestyle or things like that. Uh, not a lot of <laughs> pretty uh, uneventful commutes to work when you drive like <laughs> 30 minutes. Traffic is so heavy today. <laughs> I used to tell, I should say that when I lived in, when I've lived in some cities, I used to tell people that when we were bad traffic, I'm like, I cannot wait <laughs> to be back and not deal with this ever again. But when you can have so much access to the like, global, global world, um, it seems like there's not a lot of benefit of your local community. Mm. So I just thought about going through kind of what are the pros and cons of the small, more local, provincial community that everybody has, whether in your big city or you're in a small town, um, and the globalization. Because obviously there's pros, like you just said, we're, we're on a podcast right now that can reach anybody, probably just five people who are listening. Thanks to those five people. But um, it has that potential. But, of course, we know the cons. We just saw through the whole COVID crisis thing where, I mean, everybody hyper focused on the news every single day. Um, and at first, you know, okay, one week of this, that'll be fine. But then after a couple months, it just became so, you know, burdensome listening to the news constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if we could just talk about some of those things, pros and cons of globalization. Yeah. You know, I'll, um, I'll never forget some of the first masses that I had in Holy Trinity Parish in Webster County, Iowa, uh, St. Matthew's church in Claire, Iowa, sure. uh, our lady of good counsel in Fonda, Christ the King in Dayton, Iowa. Mm-hmm. There was such beauty. I mean, I grew up in, in Sioux City uh, at St. Michael's Church, now Holy Cross Parish, mm-hmm. merged with Blessed Sacrament. Uh, large, large um, building, you know, right. seats about 900 people. I just grew up going to Mass, not knowing everybody, right? Right. I mean, you just grew up going to Mass, recognizing I, I, I see some families that I know here, and there's a lot of people I don't know. Right. And when you're in a church that seats 900 or more people, you don't think about it. Right. And yet when I was uh, first saying Masses in some of these small communities, um, the beauty of talking to parishioners afterwards and they say, hey, Mrs. Smith wasn't in you know, pew number right, three today. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go stop by her house and check on her and make sure she's okay. Uh, the beauty of that... Um, well, it's really a beauty that reflects the the deep the depths of the interior life to know and to be known, right? right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's you could write a whole book uh, uh, on the the intimacy with Christ in prayer, on to to know Him and to be known right, by right. Him, right? And how that gets expressed out in small communities, and and this can happen too in in larger cities and larger mm-hmm. parishes, uh, but it's a profound reality in some of our small communities to really be known mm-hmm. uh, and to have that intimacy to say. I don't have to be self-conscious. 
I don't have to put on airs. I don't have to worry about what my persona is because in this small uh, Midwest context, I am known. Right. And yes, that might come with everyone knows your dirty laundry, mm-hmm. but it also uh, comes with the added benefit of a support network to say, I can rest in this community and I, I know where I belong. I know how I fit in, as does everybody else. And in that, we make up this one body here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when you, <laughs> I was thinking of it the, the opposite of that. Uh, in my tiny, teeny, tiny hometown of Verina, Iowa, 65 people. Metropolis. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What right. a place. Six streets. Um, my <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it up for Verina, Iowa. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks to 15 people who live there just yes. <laughs> smiled. Um, yeah, my uncle was the mayor after a very controversial loss to the election a couple of years ago, but my grandpa was the mayor before that. Okay. Um, I gave up my, you know, uh, a controversial loss, you say, huh? Oh yes. A write in vote really swung the vote. For, okay. uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, all politics are local. Yeah. When I was growing up as a little kid, uh, Mary Rose Wolf, God rest her soul would drive around in her mercury, whatever, every single day, just watching people. Um, okay. She's just, I think even slower than idle. She just ride the brake and just. And Neighborhood just, watch community just or something? Watch, or? Just her. But. Out on the lookout for crimes? Yeah. While it was always a little like a little awkward, a little annoying. Uh, there was just this reality of uh, the consistency of it. Of, mm-hmm. There's Mary Rose and she's going to be driving by. So if we wouldn't have seen Mary Rose, the whole town's going on alert. Where's Mary Rose? Why right. isn't she driving around seeing everybody? Right. Um, I think she paid me a quarter once to go get her mail from the mailbox. Um, <laughs> So the sheriff should have put her on payroll or yeah. something. You know? <laughs> yeah, and this kind of sounds like, you know, old, yeah, old school and old, uh, old fashioned that the small towns like that. But yeah, in those small communities, in a parish especially, there is that just uh, accountability. Um, you're known, you know everyone. Um, <laughs> people don't always like that, but I think when you step back and think about it for a second, when you don't have that, you realize that when people move away from home after high school, go to college somewhere get a job in whatever city they went to college in or, or the next kind of city. Here that happens a lot. People go down to Omaha or Des Moines or Sioux Falls or the Twin Cities or something. And uh, very quickly they realize, I don't know anybody. I might know a handful of people from work or I might have met the one person at my parish that I'm trying to get involved in. I might know some people from the trivia night I go to at the bar or something. But you realize how quickly uh, you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, like you just said, that's that's a – a need of the human condition to, to know and to be known, to love and to be loved. Absolutely. Um, and that's so clear. So like to foster that in a small community or a, a parish community is so important. Definitely. It's, it's, it's critical. Uh, and it's, it speaks so deeply to the human anthropological need to have that connection, but also a very spiritual need to have that with the Lord and with others of the, of the community right. you know, that we're called to be the body of Christ with, you know, father, um, I have friends in large cities, you know, across the country, and they have wonderful, you know, Catholic faith, and they express their Christianity in, in deep and profound ways. And any time I've been with them in big cities or any time I've been living myself in a big city, yeah. it's fun to see kind of levels of holiness. Mm. And uh, even just the way that um, the grind of a big city, the traffic jams, the crowds right. uh, prevent oppor- or pre- present opportunities, rather, right for growth and holiness, uh, meeting the beggar on the street corner, the homeless person in the subway station. Uh, there's profound ways to find Christ and to be Christ to others in cities. And yet, 
outside of the cities, it's also really enjoyable for me to get back to the Midwest. Right. Um, the beauty of the sunsets. Uh, and so many you know, people here in the Midwest who work in the agricultural industries are right. deeply connected to the land. Oh, yeah. And deeply connected to seasons and the climate, uh, which I think it just opens up huge horizons for them in the spiritual life as to finding the hand of the creator on a daily oh, yeah. basis. I have never been a deer hunter. Have you deer hunted before? I have, yes. Okay. I'm a bow hunter. Oh, great. Uh, not a great one. So maybe you're into this. I don't know. So my buddies uh, from rural Illinois are, like, they talk about the, the contemplative uh, oh, it's huge. approach yeah. to deer hunting. And Sitting I, in a forest alone like that? For, yeah. You wake, yeah, you go out there at like four, four, 4 in the morning or something like that, and you're just waiting forever. And these are the same guys who roll a bean field for, like, hours, right. like, the whole day. Right. Um, so they, they, there's this, this level of, contemplation here okay lots of pros cons i can say this because i grew up in a small town and i relate to everybody who else who did uh people can be very narrow-minded in a small town you're kidding Um, right (laughs) yeah sometimes uh i mean my you go to the cemetery in st column kill parish in ryan iowa rest in peace st column kill parish but um you go to that cemetery and my great my great great grandparents are buried there. Wow! So what my a family, yeah, my family's been there forever. Um, but with that, people's experience for the most part has been Pocahontas County, or as they say it, Buena Vista County. It's Buena Vista, but Buena Vista County. <laughs> Those two counties, pretty much it. That's their day to day life. Right. Um, and now it's a little different because they get maybe some news on Facebook once in a while, or you know, they're able to have stuff on their phone more frequently. But that can be their only experience. So, like you were just mentioning, when you go to a city and you actually see somebody begging on the street, mm-hmm. or you see people of different religions walking around, or you see people of Jewish faith or Muslim faith walking around, um, we're totally uncomfortable with that in mm-hmm. small town, kind of that bubble provincial life. Um, I think that's what young people are especially attracted to when they leave and they go to college. They meet people with different worldviews, different perspectives that are attractive um, and can sort of want just, you know, want to put behind them their narrow-minded parents or family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... Or what they perceive to be narrow-minded exactly, at the age of 18, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> because what's funny is those, you know, I've, a lot of my friends, it's like you get just as narrow-minded when you settle into a community anywhere. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you can live in a huge city. You can live in the suburbs, whatever. Even if you're in a skyscraper, a big apartment complex and a high-rise, you're going to know a few of your neighbors you're going to know the, the person that lives down the hall. If you make an attempt to them, you might right. you know, know a few people that you see coming in and out of your parking stall, you know, in the basement of your high rise. Um, the amount of people that we you know, tend to, to circulate among, the amount of people that we tend to kind of maintain authentic relationships with, whether you're in a small town or a large city, uh, that can be the same. And, you know, you mentioned that there could be this... Uh, this opening of the mind if you're right. in a big city and you see the beggar here, the one who's really in need, right. or you see these different perspectives, you can easily argue that that's just as present in the small community. Maybe there is no physical beggar right. on the street corner, but the impoverished people who could be just down your street in a small community who might be spiritually impoverished, right. who might be materially impoverished, that you may or may not know about it, right. their financial constraints. Um or even people who maybe just have a, a radically different way of thinking about the world that can still be present in a small community, especially when it comes to matters of faith and especially when it comes to our need to evangelize, right. to say, oh, where where is that perspective coming from? Or are you operating out of a sense of pain or grief here? And uh, you know, how can I offer you a sense of truth and uh, 
invite you into maybe a broader perspective that, that Christ wants to share with you. Right, yeah. Well, we usually just usually want to idealize situations. That's kind of mm-hmm. what people do all the time. Um, and to think that everybody who I'm with as a, you know, 25-year-old in this in this giant city is completely open-minded and everybody's just really, like, you know, excited to discover new things and whatever. Not always true. Um, and the same the same is true when you start to realize that, you know, people do have a, a depth to them, even if they might seem kind of, you know, narrow-minded mm-hmm. as, as some, some might think. Yeah, so it's, it is so helpful to just really look at the person that you're considering and not just toss them into a, a category or a generalization, just uh, make stereotypical assumptions about them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The wisdom that can be can be found among the youth, among the elderly, even in small communities, large cities, wherever. Uh, the wisdom of God, uh, the gift of knowledge, all these wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, and a life of virtue, uh, those can always speak in very profound ways, regardless of where you're at. And so it is helpful to, um, to appreciate the community that you're in and not get trapped into kind of a, a provincial thinking like the grass is always green on the other side. You know, right. if in my restlessness, if I just go somewhere else, if I just meet different people, better people, uh, that really can be a, a spiritual form or a, a social form of escapism. Right. There's this hilarious, uh, I think it might be SNL. It's Adam Sandler's, this video okay. where he's acting like a New Jersey uh, travel agent. Oh, sure. oh yeah, absolutely. It's your your so, formators like to share that Oh, a they lot. loved it. Yeah, at the seminary <laughs> in St. Louis, they loved it. Basically, he's uh, Adam Sandler's playing this uh, character in this little sketch of like, uh, with a great like New Jersey accent. But he's basically saying, we have to make some disclaimers for our trips to, to Italy. It's like, if you're not happy where you live, you're not going to be happy in Italy. Right. <laughs> like, and he goes through if all you hate your family things. members yeah. now, yeah. you're going to hate them while you're traveling with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you're dealing with issues at your house, you're going to be dealing with issues uh, in this hotel. Right. And different things like that. But it's the, that's so true. Uh, and just in people in our lives all the time, we can think this relationship, this place I live, this job that I have, uh, gosh, even this vocation that I'm living in, um, married life, priesthood, single, whatever it is, religious life, we can think that, okay, grass has got to be greener because I'm in a really difficult situation right now. I'm in an uncomfortable situation right now. Uh, my town, my community, my parish is not where it should be, so I should just leave, mm-hmm. and then I'll find a better one. Mm-hmm. Um, not usually the case because you show up to the supposed better one, and there's issues there because there's people there. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there, there won't be any issues if there just weren't any people around, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But just to, I think, hold up, yeah, just the pros of the provincial life um, is that there needs to be a sense of restfulness in our life, wherever that is, wherever you live, big city, small town, on a farm, in town, wherever, there needs to be a sense of belonging and knowing, being known, loving, and being loved. And if you don't know people, you can't love people. Um, I, <laughs> I kind of joke sometimes in suburban parishes when they always pray for homeless people, yeah. it's like... Have you seen a homeless person before? <laughs> we we joked if poor parishes par- pray for the rich people to give them money. Yeah, <laughs> if, it works, if it's both ways, but it's like you have to know somebody to actually love them. You can't just love the the quote unquote poor people on the streets if you've never actually met somebody right. who's struggling with, with financial stability or something like that. Um, but yeah, then the cons, I guess, of the provincial life can be that. Um, Sometimes real, sometimes just supposed narrow mindedness. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you? What are some pros that you've seen, uh, having lived around the world, of globalization that we're experiencing right now? 
Well, I think uh, the fact that there's these opportunities within the church movements, if you will, uh, charismatic movements within the church, mm-hmm. uh, intellectual movements within the church, uh, social outreach movements within the church, these are, are connecting people in ways that were unheard of before. Yeah. You know, um, within minutes of something breaking online, I can get text messages from friends uh, or fellow priests from around the country of, hey, did you check out this? Did you see this? Did you catch their response? Or oh, what did they say? I don't right. know. Right. Um, and all of a sudden, we're, we're having a, a broad conversation far beyond parish or diocesan boundaries, even beyond national boundaries, in which we're we're addressing things and we're, we're speaking into realities that are far beyond kind of our daily existence. Right. And that does link us and, and helps to remind us that we are one human family and that we are one united church uh, globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the sufferings of others are our sufferings and the joys of others are our joys as well. Right. Uh, and that can be easily overlooked. Um, but a globalized society provides that. Right. Yeah, it seems like it just needs to be distilled from that globalized perspective of constantly connecting with people all the time, maybe distill it down to, okay, what have I gained from this? Like you just said, having these broad discussions, how can that actually be applied now? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't get applied. It just kind of stays up in the ether of social media. Right. Yeah. If you kind of just live in this virtual reality all the time of, of checking my newsfeed or or scrolling through whatever headlines are in front of you or whatever new video clips are in front of you, yeah, you don't actually engage in the local reality. Whether you're living in a small town or a big city, you have to engage. Right. There has to be roots, and, and the awareness of, of what our technological connectivity gives us still has to be deeply planted, and it has to speak something that's authentic to your life. Um, right, yeah. Building up those around you and just living out your vocation and wherever you're at. You know, um, as you know, Father Travis, I had the, uh, the blessing... Um, of studying in seminary in Rome. And I had a few priest friends from our diocese visiting one day. And I had some classmates from the East Coast. They're like, so where are you from, Father? Oh, I'm from the Sioux City Diocese. Oh, Father, where are you from Sioux City Diocese? Right. Iowa. Like, what do you do out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Father Bruce Lawler was in town. Mm-hmm. And he said to some of my classmates from the East Coast, you know, who, uh, you know, want to talk about provincialism, never having moved beyond I-95, you right, know. Right, right. Um, he just said, we do the work of the Lord. Yeah. You know, the same thing you do in Providence, the same thing you do in Brooklyn, the same thing you right. do in D.C. We're doing the work of the Lord here. We're living at our vocations. You know, mm-hmm. we're uh, appreciating all the gifts and talents that God has given us, all the graces, that, the opportunities, carrying our crosses and s- trying to sanctify one another, you know, through right. the power of Christ right here, right now. Uh, and I think it was a wonderful reality, uh, kind of a, a broadening of the discussion to say, well, yeah, we're doing what humans have always been doing in light of the gospel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think moral of the story, uh, if you live in a tiny small town and you think it's the middle of nowhere, um, it, it might be the middle of nowhere. It might be Verona, Iowa, which really is. Nothing's going on there. But, uh, or if you live in the biggest city, uh, there's always going to be a sense of restlessness that you're seeking something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're only going to find true um rest and satisfaction to that longing um, in a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to be bolstered and sustained by community um, and knowing people and being known by people and loving them and being loved by them. Um, so whatever situation you're in, um, just consider 
what's the next step I might be able to take in getting to know somebody better so that right. I can love somebody better. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Cause your, <laughs> your situation is not just going to change by, by running away. Watch that video with Adam Sandler. It's hilarious. Right. Uh, but anyways, thanks for joining us, everybody. Father Shane, thanks for being here. It's um, going to be with you always. Yeah. Father. Look forward to talking to you soon. Um, and everybody, God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.